0: Hi, this is Jeff Coburn and we welcome you to this Disney Insights Podcast. Some of Walt Disney World's best restaurant experiences are within her resorts. And the deluxe resorts are the focal point of that kind of signature dining, that kind of epicurean adventure. We visit two such restaurants. First, we check out the newly renovated Narcooses for dinner with John and Lori Scali at Disney's Grand Floridian Restaurant. Then, my wife and I enjoy an evening at Artist Point for a character meal with Snow White, Dopey, Grumpy, and the Wicked Queen, along with friends Mark and Melanie Estee. We look at those restaurants, how they came to be, and how solid the culinary experience is at both. These are high-priced dining experiences. Would you want to spend not only your money, but your vacation time checking out either of these restaurants? Join us as we provide dining reviews at Narcosi's and Artist Point. This podcast, as well as others, are brought to you by Performance Journeys. Which celebrates its twentieth year as a training and development group, bringing best-in-business ideas through keynotes, workshops, seminars, and amazing benchmarking programs to organizations in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors. Curiously enough, some of our work over the year, while it's over the years, while it's been with hospitals and hoteliers and and airports and um, government agencies and universities, some of them have actually been in um, restaurants and dining experiences. So this is kind of a a little merge of those two things as we kind of of peel apart the dining experiences, but it's all part of the experience that we provide you here in this Disney's Insight Podcast. And if you wanna know more about what we offer at Performance Journeys, please visit performancejourneys.com. Now, also you're wanting to check at uh, DisneyInsights.com. We don't have any videos, but we have a lot of images that we refer to as we go through this uh, dining experience. Now to start off with, we're gonna start at Narcusi's. And I think it's important to understand the context of this hotel um, before we get, and I'm gonna turn back in the pa- days and the pages to Steve Birnbaum's Walt Disney World official guide this is what it said about the Grand Floridian Resort. I'm just going to sum this up very quickly. At the turn of the century standard oil magnate, Henry M. Flagler saw the realization of his dream. The railroad he had built to civilize Florida had spawned along its right of way an empire of grand hotels, lavish estates, prominent families, and opulent lifestyles. High society blossomed in winter as the likes of John D. Rockefeller and Teddy Roosevelt put up, were put up at the Royal Poinciana in Palm Beach enjoying the sea breezes from ocean suites. I mention this because if you go and look at some of the images of the Royal Poinciana, you see how it ties a very... It was actually one l- larger long building, but that signature look with the, the white um, millwork and the red roofs and the cupolas and so forth, really does. When it said, it goes on to say that the Royal Poinciana later burned to the ground and things kind of faded during the Depression. But the idea of of having this kind of Victorian structure with gabled roofs and and carved moldings became the premise of the Grand Floridian Resort. In fact, I think um, some of you will remember that the... um, original name before Citricos came along. We're gonna talk about Citricos once or twice. Of that restaurant, that dining experience was called Flagler's. It was named after Henry Flagler who brought the Railway um, through. It later was changed to Citricos. Um, I wanna say in the late 90s, it was changed to Citricos and it was recently remodeled. And we reference uh, John and Lori and my wife and I had actually been there a few months before. And I don't know why we didn't capture a review of that restaurant, but I, but we did come back to Narcusi's, which has just recently been uh, remodeled. And uh, let me just read what it says about Narcusi. Well, actually, the original title before this thing even opened—I don't think it opened with the title—but it, before it even opened, it was called Narcusi Nick's. Um, octagon-shaped and open-beamed, this seafood restaurant and bar is planned for a romantic shoreline location. Broiled, steamed, sautéed, and smoked fresh seafood characterize the menu, cooked in an open kitchen. Live entertainment features a ballad singer who will tell guests all about Nick. I don't think Nick ever survived. I don't remember ever seeing entertainment. I did dine in this restaurant way back um, in the 90s, but it was a very different dining experience because I was working um, to bring groups to Disney, and I wanted them to have a lunchtime midday dining experience. Um, Narcosis, uh doesn't serve lunch. And I wanted to bring a that group in to do lunch. Well, if you do bring a group in, at least in those days, I'm probably sure that it's still the, the case today, you had to go through group events, which meant catering and banquets, and the people who are usually associated with the convention center part of the building, and so you get into this tussle that I would get in sometimes with between between catering and banquets and conventions and the actual people who did restaurants. And I wanted the restaurant experiences, but apparently because I had a group and it was not during the regular operating hours of the restaurant, I had to bring in catering. So it was a kind of a buffet thing we brought in, but I wanted them to have a different location than sitting in a a silly convention room, which, you know, four walls of nothing. Although they are lovely. They are lovely um, convention rooms. any rate, a lot of people don't even know where Narcusis is. It is, if you actually take the boat from the Magic Kingdom or to the Magic Kingdom, it actually, the dock sits very close to this octagonal-shaped building that sits right on the water. Um, and that's very different than all the other restaurants because um, uh, Victoria and Albert's and uh, Gasparilla Grill and um, Citrico's And, um, um, the, um, what is the other restaurant? Um, it, it was originally entitled to be called Southern Air. Um, I am drawing a blank, but I'll come back to it. Um, most of the restaurants are in that building. By the way, you'll also know that the Beauty and the Beast themed lounge was originally, originally called Meisner's Lounge and it was named after... The architect who brought in a lot of that design aesthetic into palm beach back in in that time period so it really paid a lot of homage the whole hotel was built on the premise of this turn of the century um experience in palm beach largely inspired by uh, flagler having brought the railroads railroad down to Florida and people would come here. Now, why am I mentioning all this? I'm mentioning all this because this restaurant has recently been remodeled. And the previous, and I'll show a picture of this in uh, Disney Insights, the previous design of this, there are two things that were stood out about the previous design. One is, is that it was a multi-tiered level dining experience and there was a lot, and, and it kind of was like you had this base level, and then you went up to an upper level, that made sense. But then the bar went back down. It was kind of a weird design, admittedly. And so what they've done in the remodel is they've kind of flattened it. The other thing is, and it's a little thing, but it's really the thing you'll notice in the photo, are the tablecloths. I don't know what is Disney's newest policy, but I think unless you're in Victoria, Alberts, you don't get a tablecloth in this town. It's always about sitting at a table. And I think there's something missing in this kind of fine dining experience in not having a tablecloth. I just think that should be part of it. As you go into the entry of Narcooses, what I kind of noticed about the experience, well, what you have is is the idea is it's land and sea. And so the entry area is more of the land and there's a lot of green and sand colors sand colors in the flooring, green in the furnishings and in the walls. And it's to suggest that you're on the land portion. And then as you move into the restaurant, you kind of get the beach and you go into the restaurant. In fact, the, the check-in area has kind of a thatched uh, look to it, supposedly suggesting a picnic basket at the beach. Um, that would not be my obvious choice. Uh, of of things to come up with but but that's what I was told there's a there's a little lamp there that actually represents kind of a bird on the beach, um, seagull kind of thing on the beach. You see a mural as you kind of proceed into the main area. it's very delicately done and it again helps move you from land to to water. So you're moving from um, sands and greens into, into blues and this is I the, the my problem with this and I couldn't quite put a finger on it until I at one point had to step out to the restroom and when I stepped into the restroom and I did not take a picture of that I tried not to take pictures of restrooms but when I s- stepped into this the wallpaper in that restroom smacked on something designed in the 1970s in fact it kind of hearkened me back to the design aesthetic of Tavern on the Green in Central Park when it was um, done in the 1970s. And it had a sort of look to it that if you grew up in that era, you distinctly know what that look is. And And so I was caught and and by the way, the look seemed really cool in the 1970s. But if you went on to the 80s and 90s, you realize how dated this look is. So I'm sitting here now in 2023 and looking at this and thinking, this is a really dated look, trying somebody trying to make the 70s come alive fresh. It didn't, it didn't work, and it certainly didn't tell me that I was back in that time period a flagler and Meisner and 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 the railroad and and people coming down the east coast for um for the winter to me that was just kind of a weird aspect of this whole thing um it was accentuated by the by the bar which is in the center they had opened up the top portion of it which added light during the day unfortunately i didn't take a picture of it until we got to until after it had become dark so i missed that but Up against, going up this high wall, they took smoke glass and kind of a, kind of a green um, glass brick, and then they put all these kind of tchotchkes in it, which kind of look like stuff that might be washed up against the shore, or it might look like something that you kind of got at the, I don't know, it just, it, it, it. It just, again, it's, it has a smoke mirror on the back of it. It just kind of looked, again, 70s-looking. Now, what is wonderful, and perhaps somewhat 70s-looking too, is when you look out the windows. Because this restaurant sits right like it's a peninsula almost, going out into the Seven Seas Lagoon, and the views outside this restaurant are wonderful. You see the Magic Kingdom, you see Disney's Contemporary Resort, and it is stunning. And then it changes into the evening, and it is really just, it is the treasure of this restaurant, is the views outside the window are just so wonderful and it, it kind of brings you back to what is really the essence of Walt Disney World. You know that Seven Seas Lagoon, the vacation kingdom of the world. It just really it works for me. That aspect of it completely works for me. Now on that note we gathered together. It was a very long service. We were late um, because of family challenges And so we got to a six o'clock appointment, 6.20, John and Lori waited for us. We got seated. We didn't get out of there until just a couple of minutes before. Fireworks at nine o'clock, which tells you something about the length of the service. And it also tells you if you want to time yourself, because you can go out to the porch and watch the fireworks. If you want to time yourself, getting in around 6, um, 15, 6.30, not getting before seven, and you could still make the fireworks, practically, because of how long the service took. any rate, we stepped out of the restaurant. It was too noisy inside. We stepped out of the restaurant to kind of review our dining experience. And I'm going to go uh, turn over to that moment. So here we go. So I am here with my wife and with John and Lori Scali. We have just spent the evening at Narcusi's. Having dinner, just uh, remodeled and reopened, and uh, let's uh, let's just uh, first impression. You have been here before, both of you, John and Laurie. Um, how was it to come back to it?
1: Yeah, it was great. It was good. I was glad that I think we were here. Uh, well, maybe two years ago, year and a half, two years ago. Uh, it was very good uh, overall. I liked the uh, the dinner we had. Uh, I, I mentioned to the the. the the server that wasn't... eh, I thought the appetizer was a little lacking. Uh, Calamari. Uh, I've had had it better elsewhere. But That said, uh, the entree as well as the dessert, I thought that was excellent. Definitely I'll be coming back. So
0: both you and Kathy had the... Pasta. It it
1: was like their version, I'd say their version of a a shrimp scanty. It was a. I, I forgot the. Uh, I forget the name. I'd have to get the hold, hold <laughs> on but, but or something. Pacucci. Uh, so,
0: yeah, something like that. Uh, I'll have to look up the name for you. Oh. So, um, your thoughts on the appetizer, Lori?
2: I, I agree. The calamari was not what we're used to. Um, however, my scallops were very good. Um, I don't remember. I think I had them before here, and it seemed like they were better then, but. They were good tonight. Not Nothing to complain about. They were good.
0: Nothing too eventful, but they were I solid. wasn't
2: wild, but it was good.
0: Yeah. Okay, Kath, what is the name of this dish? It's
2: a bucatini, which is a go. thicker spaghetti with a hole in the center. So, like Stro- a straw a spaghetti. spaghetti, yes.
0: Yeah. With but, a hole in the middle. But yours had what with it? It's shrimp, right?
2: Shrimp and a shrimp. marinara sauce with... Uh, roasted tomatoes. And, yeah, dry roasted tomatoes.
0: Spinach. Yeah. So your
2: vote in, on it? Oh, it was delicious. It was really good. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Uh, I have a uh, scale 1 to 10. I'd give it a 10. Yeah.
2: Big shrimp. It was good.
0: I had a pork chop dish that was a massive size. Um And I couldn't finish it. And it was probably one of the best pork chops I've ever tasted. Um Roasted turnips. And roasted turnips. And probably the best roasted turnips I ever tasted, but that's not really saying anything. So, now the dessert, we all had the cheesecake uh, with the almond uh, Almond-crusted crust. Almond-crusted cheesecake
2: with cherries topping or something.
1: It was yummy. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. I
0: would have said blueberries, but...
2: They were well, blueberries. Said they were raspberries. <laughs> it said
0: cherry. Didn't did it say cherry? Okay. It <laughs> was some type of fruit. <laughs> I it was blueberries. I believe they were blueberries <laughs> and it was very good. <laughs> so, service. Oh, yeah.
2: Very, awesome. very good. She was Very good. She
1: was very good. Yes. Right? Yes. She was good. She was good? The, very personable. Yes. Very personable. And the whole atmosphere was very personable. Yeah. I mean, it was
2: geometrical. Yeah, we never did bring our bread, though. Sorry. <laughs> but you know
0: what? She didn't bring the bread back, and it took a long time between dishes. And I, and and she was trying to train somebody, so I respected sure. that. Sure. But I felt like I, I felt like there was a long way to go on the training to yeah. get that right. And I wasn't. It just uh, I did that didn't stand out. My. And I real, I at one point I said, boy, they haven't come back to fill my water. Then I realized there was a bottle of water sitting on <laughs> your side of the table. So I was kinda like, oh, okay. I I have to say I was disappointed by the setting for one reason. Too dark. Too noisy. And too, oh yes, too almost noisy. Style It. style I, I was surprised I thought it'd be a little bit more upscale crowd and it just felt like with, with the floors they had and with tables that had no linen it just felt like everything was adding noise in the in the uh, kind of architecture now, I love the architecture of the room and I love the views I think you are just touching everything across Bay Lake or across the Seven Seas Lagoon. So I loved that aspect of it. But I got to say, I, I was disappointed by by the setting. And it was just dark. I just felt like it was really dark and needed more light uh, for doing it. Now, we had all been... We are going to do something on... Um, on uh, everybody's out here for the fireworks. We were going... Um, to do something on Citrico's because only two months ago we did Citrico's. How did this compare?
1: Oh, this was much better.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I can't even remember what I had at Citrico's, but it wasn't good.
1: It it wasn't. I think, you know, considering the way the prices, if you will, value, I think it was a much better meal here. Much better. Kath, what did you think?
2: Oh yeah, this was much better. I liked it. Although I did like the atmosphere at Citrico's better. It's quieter and more upscale.
0: More upscale and much brighter, yeah. yeah, and quieter, yeah.
1: But food wasn't there.
0: Got it. So let me build on a couple of things that we talked about. Um, the, um, the calamari, and I have an image of what we ate, um, and I'll go through the menu in a minute. Um, I didn't bring the menu out there. I wanted to see if people could say what they ate and what they just consumed. It was really interesting to hear that, and you'll see that in the other review too. We kind of kid about that. But John, they, well, they both talk, they they talk about this calamari being eh, okay. Um, John sent me a couple of days ago a picture of calamari taken at Olive Garden of all places. He has a much better Italian place he actually eats up in DC. But, but, um, but he sent me a picture of that and said, this calamari looks so much better than what you were paying for. At Artist point or at um, and he was right. Given given the image that he sent, it was a, a much more impressive, uh, much more impressive thing to eat over at Olive Garden. It's interesting because we they talked about this. We actually ordered two appetizers. None of them really talked about the ocean inspired charcuterie board, which had agituna tuna pastrami, charred octopus, and lobster sausage. I'm guessing the reason why is because I don't think that charcuterie board was enough for four to share. Mind you, we were sharing that and the calamari. As, but I think we got such little taste, we didn't get enough to appreciate anything on there. And so it was just kind of, it was kind of there. Now, they also have a tortelloni. They have a sweet potato noci, uh shrimp and grits grits. Did I say and nachi? I can't remember how you pronounce that. I don't pretend to be a food critic here, but I do have a sense of having eaten a lot of meals in some really nice places. And I get a sense of, I got Disney. So, so this is what we bring. At any rate, the buttermilk fried calamari was okay. It just wasn't great. It had a pickled garden mix. It was all right. They had soups and salads. None of us took advantage of the lobster bisque or the blue berry and barrel aged feta salad or the romaine and hearts of palm. Honestly, I think rather I should have done my entree as the lobster bisque and the and the feta salad. I probably would have been happier. They talked about having the bucatini. We couldn't even remember the name of that, um, which was house-made bucatini pasta, roasted tomatoes, um, spinach, parsley, um, basil, pesto. I had a... Um, dry age pork rib eye chop it was thick and honestly as a pork chop it was probably one of the best I've ever had um, that said I only took a few bites and sent the rest of it home to my son I just I just felt it just it just wasn't working for me for whatever reason they also have a salmon they have um, a larger um, uh, Nachi dish. Uh, they have a New York strip steak. They have a paella, and they have surf uh, redfish, blackened redfish, and the uh, surf and turf that they offer. The um, and they also offer enhancements: a lobster tail, golf shrimp, pan-seared scallops, and so forth. You remember Lori talked about the scallops that she had. That she had, um, that was fine. It was all f- fine. Nothing overwhelming. Um, I actually really love the almond-crusted cheesecake. Uh, I would have also liked to have tried the berry pavlova. They had an artisanal cheese selection, uh, hazelnut chocolate bar, and pineapple Beauvoir. Um, But we all went for the cheesecake, and honestly, it was... I'm not always the big cheesecake fan, but it was a great cheesecake. So that was kind of the entrees and our craziness with that situation. I did ask about... Exp- Nobody could remember the menu from Citricos. And I got to tell you, I pulled up before recording this, the menu from Citricos. I couldn't remember what I ate. And I think that's the problem with Citricose. Citricos, Citricos kind of sat in the shadow of California Grill. Because once they defined Disney dining, which was, it was the big thing at Disney. What Michael Eisner was once asked... And of all the contributions you've made, what do you think you did best for the company? And not really having a prepared response, he just blurted out, I improved the dining at Disney. But he did. He really did improve the dining. And that was the first restaurant that really did. So then they went back to the, to, uh, the Grand Floridian and said, well, what do we do with this um, with his Flagler's restaurant. That became Citricals, which I love the idea of citrus in Florida. I never thought it was played out that well. And it's certainly been long forgotten, even though it is the title of that restaurant. So it's a head scratcher. I you, you tell me that there's a Mary Poppins design aesthetic to a restaurant, and I'm there. I think that's a great idea. And yeah, the umbrella was there, and a couple other very, very subtle pieces and it was much lighter and much more formal. But it was not, um, it just really didn't bring out Mary Poppins. And and the food was less than memorable. Um, anyway, that's kind of our experience at Narcoossee's. Now, let's turn to, uh, here's the formal title, Storybook Dining at Artist Point with Snow White. And now I need to tell you right off the bat, Artist Point, if you had asked me, prior to this character meal being put in, if you had asked me, what is my favorite Disney resort restaurant? I would have told you, hands on, Artist Point. In fact, actually, before it became a character dining experience, we had gone to dinner with John and Lori, and there were two dishes that really stood out that I still remember from the times that I've eaten at that restaurant. The mushroom bisque is amazing, and then they also had a salmon on a plank um, that was cedar plank that was so delicious. And um, well, they may change it. Well, and and by the way, again, just like Disney's Grand Floridian, the the hotel, Disney's Wilderness Lodge, has a very set theme that pays homage to the... Um, to the uh, National Park hotels that were built a century or more ago. And so it is just, we spent waiting quite a while for our table to be ready. It almost seemed like they had lost our reservation or we weren't getting the text, but we waited a long time. But we spent all this time looking at these maps and other details in the hotel and talking about places we had been to in the American West and, and, and what those those maps and images had to, I mean, it was so informational and, and, uh, enjoyable talking about it and looking at it and so forth. I love this restaurant. I love the decor of this restaurant. Um, and by the way, if you ask me who my favorite Disney princess is, I would say Snow White. I love Snow White. I love Dopey. I love the film, the film represents uh, such a major milestone in Walt Disney's life. So you would think if you had this great restaurant and you added Snow White, my favorite character, you would have a perfect fit. But uh, just a little program reminder that Snow White doesn't take place in the American West. It does take place in a forest. But that forest is in Germany and it is not, I, I've i never quite gotten that. Then they created these boughs of trees that light up and they added it to the restaurant as if they needed more to the decor. And I'm gonna talk more about the decor in a few minutes. But I, I was a little hesitant whether I was going to really like this restaurant because of the placement of a character meal in such a fine dining experience, and so, um, so we embarked on this meal. The Estee's got a late minute reservation that was coming up to our anniversary. And it was Mark's birthday coming up. And we just thought this is perfect. We wanted to get together as couples. And so we took advantage of the last minute of going to this restaurant. What could go wrong? Well, not much, because honestly, we were with, like Narcusis, we were with great friends. So, so off we went to Artist Point, enjoyed our meal, and then afterwards uh, took in a little bit of review uh, as we finished up outside the restaurant. And here's what everybody had to say about their meal. So we are here in the wilds of Disney's Wilderness Lodge, where we have been, um, well, we've had the opportunity to join Mark and Melanie Esty, uh good friends of ours, while we enjoyed, what is the full title of this restaurant? It's a uh, Snow White Something at Artist Point. Which tells us none of us really memorized that title when we got in here. But it is formerly Artist Point and it is um, uh, Snow White Storybook Dining, Storybook dining at Artist, Artist Point. Point. All right, so um, that is a fixed price meal. And uh, we started out with appetizers that we, there were three of them that we were served. One um, was. Meatball. It was a wild mushroom
3: bisque. Oh, the
0: bisque Wild mushroom. You're not supposed to read the menu. I would see if you actually memorized, <laughs> if you could recall what you ate tonight. <laughs> okay. And you were talking about the meatballs. There was a meatball. Was a but chicken. The, wild mustard, the bisque was heavenly. The wild mushroom bisque carries over from the original days of Artist Point. Um, served in little, little cups. That, but, but, yeah, they were kind of... Cool, because they were little cauldrons, cauldrons, little, little, uh, mm-hmm. ca- tiny cauldrons, and so, and then you had, on a, t- on um, little pita bread, there was a little mushroom, oh. and like a, like a.
4: What
3: no, was it? Was it a mushroom tart?
4: Or no, no, no. Sorry, sorry, my mom. little bought yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. on a little, pita little pita
3: cracker pita thingy. No, it was it was flaky. It was,
0: you better take this uh, menu back out, Mark, and, and, and tell us what we had. And then we had the shrimp, which... Um,
3: I was surprised by shrimp because it didn't seem authentic to the wilderness and you know the Wild West, but it was really good. But it
0: was themed to something dealing with the witch. I can't even read. It was, it was called the Wicked Shrimp Cocktail. Wicked Shrimp Cocktail because it, it was... Not margarita. What was it? Bloody Mary vinaigrette. Bloody Mary oh, vinegar. So we did not catch that little no, the little twist on that. Okay, so that was so. Those appetizers. What are your thoughts, Kathy? I like the
3: meatball.
0: You I like the meatball? Delicious. Yes. Okay, and you guys, you talked about the mushroom
3: the bisque. I want to learn how to make that. It was incredible.
0: I, there is a recipe in the book. Okay. I'm
4: not normally a mushroom fan, but I really did like the bisque. Yeah.
0: Inside the biscuit, it was
4: inside a cauldron, which was really cool. And then it had a little drop of something oh, yeah. bright neon green. green. So it looked like it was a really? poison dropped into the... Uh, I
0: didn't see that side in side. my thing. Yeah. That's yeah. very yeah. cool. It, there there, was a was little nu- there were little <laughs> nuances in the, in each of these dishes that kind of brought it I out. I was
3: too hungry to worry about it. So I just <laughs> ate it. But it, it was a drop of green something. It
4: was green poison yeah. in the center of the cauldron.
0: Okay, so then we moved to the main entrees and three of us had the same thing, and which I was... I
3: wish I would have gotten
0: that. It's <laughs> prime rib. It was oh. the prime rib. And um, which usually comes with, did you have the mashed potatoes that came with it? Yeah, the horseradish
4: mashed potatoes. How was it? They were good. They were really good. They were amazing. And the the carrots with, uh, little baby carrots. Yeah. um, Like sliced in half. And they were really good. Cooked just right. Like, I like crunchy carrots. They weren't overcooked at all. So they were.
0: They weren't mushy. They were, but they weren't raw. Yeah. And we took polenta in in lieu of the mashed potatoes. What did you think of that, Kath? I
2: thought they were really yummy. They?
0: Yeah. and then the bread that went with that, there's a title to that. And Dutch you know what? It isn't listed. What?
3: It's a Dutch baby.
0: You call it a Dutch baby?
3: Yeah.
0: What it's do you call called it? something sure. else over at Cal- at um, at uh, Steakhouse Seventy One. They call it something else, um, but they don't list it in the menu. They didn't. Big, big serving. So how was? Yeah. How did you feel about the the meat?
4: Well, I mean, it was it was a good size for me. It was actually uh, I I could have had a little more.
0: <laughs> That's because you shared half of it with he your was. wife. <laughs> he was
3: so very generous which
0: you ordered, you let ordered. Me you, it. you what did you order?
3: I got the beef stroganoff, which was really good. But compared to that prime rib,
4: I don't know. I think the beef stroganoff it was very different, totally different than any other well, beef stroganoff was, I've um, ever had.
3: Spatzle, like the, the the I I'm not German, so I don't speak say it very well. Spatzle. Uh huh. That yeah. The it was little chunks of the of noodle, basically not.
0: normal um, mm, noodles. Yeah. Not the
3: nor- no, 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 we. Yeah. It was also kind
0: of a wasn't a traditional egg noodle. No,
3: it wasn't the traditional egg noodle. It
4: was more like rice. It felt felt like rice. Interesting. Like, so it, so. Interesting. So like, That's right. That it rice, did look yeah.
0: different, didn't it? Didn't yeah. okay. So then, um, in between all this, we had the characters, Any thought about Aww. characters. We had Snow White. We had Dopey. We had Grumpy. And uh, we had the Quicked Queen, I mean the Wicked Queen. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, any thoughts on th- those experiences?
4: The Snow White was, was really excellent.
0: She did a great job. She was sweet. Yeah, we
3: really liked Snow White a lot. She invited us to yodel with her, and we got to.
0: Yeah, they do a little music scene in the middle of it, and the lights turn differently, and, and um, the only problem is we're kind of stuck on the end of the restaurant, so we didn't even see Dopey doing that. That time period. They usually rotate during the, those little scenes. Anything on that? Then we came back to dessert. And thoughts on dessert?
3: Well, we were celebrating an anniversary.
0: Yes. Kathy and I had an anniversary, and then somebody had a birthday. Yes. I had a
4: Yeah, my birthday's next
0: week as well. So we were celebrating both, and they honored both. That was really a nice little touch. Yeah. You get three desserts to try, and um, what stood out for you?
3: Um, well, I, anything chocolate, like I'm always sold on chocolate. So if it has chocolate in it, that, that's what I love. Um, I can't decide if I like the little, well, like a little apple
2: that was red
3: oh, the apple and
2: then it had a, a chocolate ganache in it with some little, what did they say it was, puffed rice or something? Yeah. A little bit of an apple
0: flavor. Yeah, think it. of it puffed six. rice cereal, mm-hmm. but it was little bits of that put into that, I guess is the seed of yeah. the apple. Yeah. Mm, what else? Was Which
3: was in reverse. Now that I think about it, because the chocolate was brown and the seed was white. Yes. But it was cute. It was real. It was very creative. Yes.
4: Yeah. It was tasty. I like the poison apple. Um, you know,
0: Dopey you know. had a little dessert that was um, gooseberry tart.
3: Gooseberry tart.
0: That was no. The gooseberry tart was the yellow thing, wasn't it? Oh. Oh, yeah.
3: oh, Dopey, oh, Dopey's was the other one. Dopey's the was your anniversary yeah.
0: one. The miner's treasure. Is that what they called it? Mm-hmm. So and w- that was was that the ganache or was that the? All they called I heard
3: it, was it was chocolate and it was good. They called
0: those cookies. They called it <laughs> with a little dopey cream, hat.
3: Uh,
4: panna cotta,
0: a panna A yeah. Okay, so the other was a ganache and, and dopey was a panna cotta and okay. then we had the gooseberry tart. Mm-hmm. And actually, I thought that was my favorite. Really?
3: I liked the meringue like
0: it. on it. It was warm.
3: It was wow. unique. It was. I wasn't expecting that flavor. If you like tart, it was great. And I liked heart, but,
0: it, it, yeah, it was unexpected. And speaking of unexpected, out came the, um, uh, the, uh, what?
2: The waiter with the little box? Yeah,
0: the box, which were, oh, it contained yeah. the, was supposed to contain the heart of Snow White.
3: That kind of grossed me out. But,
0: that, <laughs> but it opened up, and there was a little dry ice in it, and then it, there were little chocolate hearts. It was a nice little, again, thematic touch. They- very pretty little chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You folks do a lot of restaurants here on property. How'd this stack up?
3: That prime rib was incredible, and that bisque was incredible. So, I don't know, Disney does a good job with everything. It's hard to say, but it's... Yeah. It was good.
0: It was excellent. It's, worth it's the good. price, worth the time? Um, for,
4: for Disney, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 I'd say it, the, the, you pay for the overall experience all around. I would say, like, if I were just rating it as a restaurant, like, in some ways, I would expect more just for the food. Um, but the experience as a whole, you kind of, you, you, you pay a premium for uh, for, for a, Disney. Disney uh, Car- in general.
0: Have you yeah. done any many Disney character meals? We've done a few. How did this stack up as a Disney character meal?
3: It was nice because it was specific to Snow White, and you don't see Snow White characters in the parks or anywhere else. So it was great. I don't think I've ever seen seen Snow White. Face she to face like that.
0: shows up at Cinderella's royal banquet hall, and I believe at Acker Shoes. But if you're not at a character meet and greet, I don't think she shows up at any or at a at a, a character meal. I don't think you get the opportunity to really see Snow White otherwise. So yeah,
3: and she
0: was great. Kath, how did you feel? How did you feel it's stacked up?
2: Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I wished I had my little grandbaby with me because she would have thought it was awesome. <laughs> um, so it, does, it feels a, a little awkward to be at a character meal without some little child to <clears throat> ooh and ah because we're not as much fun as the children
0: are. I thought that was my role. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's what we're here for, yes. yes. Oh, and we saw Dopey in the beginning, the baby Dopey. Oh, oh yes,
0: there's a small child dressed up as, as Dopey. And
3: obviously people made a big deal about him because he just looked at you and it was like, look how cute I look. He was so cute. He was cute.
0: All in all, great dining experience, largely because it was with great people. So thanks everybody for joining us. (laughs)
3: Thank you.
0: Okay, again, when you don't have... The menu in front of you, it's interesting what people recall from the dining experience. I'll go through it in just a second. Um, A couple of things. Uh, First of all, we all talked about the mushroom bisque. We all loved it. Um, We weren't sure what the green thing was. I don't even remember a green thing in it. But there is something green in it. It's called the wild mushroom bisque. And they added chive oil, uh, a little bit of it in the middle of it. It is wonderful, just as wonderful as it was before it became this dining experience, but um, but it's in tiny little pots. And the pots are cute, but it's too tiny. You want a bigger dish of this. The honey's pie, we couldn't talk about. It's turkey and chicken, cranberry preserve, crispy sauerkraut. It actually sits on a pastry um, shell type um, similar to the taste of a croissant, but it's very flat. That's what the hunter's pie was and then the wicked shrimp cocktail Mark read about. We enjoyed all all of those, that was fine. Um, mind you, I should mention here that the dinner menu, it is a fixed price menu just like California Grill. You're paying $65 per adult plus tax and gratuity. It's 39 per child. Um, Plus tax and gratuity. So this is this is a serious investment for this dinner. So the story begins, as they call it. And so the story begins: shared appetizer, and then you go into the core of the story: entrees, and you choose one. You get a sam- you get something out of all three in the um, appetizer, and the same with the dessert. But you have to choose one of the the entrees. There was the cottage beef stroganoff, which Melanie had. A stroll through nature. Which was nachi again, um, g- type of dish with asparagus and leeks. Um, there's the brothers Grim herb chicken. There's always chicken on the menu, right? Well, and I, actually, in this case, there is sorcerer's spell of tricken chicken, which is a California or a cauliflower puree, roasted vegetables, vegetable juice, so a vegetarian choice. Uh, there is the magic Mary slow braised pork shank with polenta and the bashful sustainable fish um, with risotto. We asked both Kath and I to have the polenta with the prime rib. And it was a big piece of prime rib. It usually comes with horseradish mashed potatoes, which Mark liked, but we liked the polenta. Again, didn't eat a lot of bites of it. Um, not sure what's wrong with me, but it was a, a very good tasting meal. It wasn't about the meal. It was it was about something about me. But anyway, we'll, we don't need to talk about me. Anyway, the sweet ending shared desserts were Miner's Treasures. That was a cookie and cream panna cotta with chocolate gems, a poison apple, which looked like a little tiny apple, a dark chocolate apple mousse, sour-centered. The Miner's Treasures had a little dopey hat to it, and the fairy tale gooseberry tart, the meringue and gooseberry. And I... I quite liked the latter because it came out warm and it was it was quite delicious in that regard. A couple other things I need to clarify from our discussion after um, after dinner. Um, again, like Narcusis, there was a little bit of a server issue thing going on, a new person being trained. I don't want to judge them, but I really wondered how good the, everybody was good in terms of their ability to interact and to be friendly. Their ability to stay on top of things, to anticipate, to, to kind of make sure that you're not waiting too long to keep you informed. Those kinds of things I felt like was missing. Do they, did they know the menu? Yes. Were they able to talk to you about, you know, your experience at Disney and their experience work? Yeah, they did a great job, but their ability to really be anticipatory as servers in both instances was a little missing because even those being trained had long term experience at Disney and I thought they would be a little bit higher. Um, Melanie talked about this this with our um dish we got this large thing that she referred to as a dutch dutch baby in essence uh, at steakhouse 71 which i referenced in the verbal it, it, they actually refer to it as yorkshire pudding which i thought yorkshire pudding was a pudding but it's really more like a german pancake which is also another way of kind of describing this um but it was lovely and yummy and and great tasting. That was a great part of the meal. And one of the reasons why I would highly recommend the prime rib. Um, very similar dish to the one you get at Steakhouse 71. Um, the So let's... Uh, Snow White. You can't go wrong with Snow White. Um, she was lovely. The dwarfs were fine. Only two. It's funny because they say on the... On the thing when you order, I love this uh, twice on their main page. Characters in entertainment are subject to change without notice. So what's going to happen? Oh, Dopey's not available. So we got Sleepy. I wasn't sure what they meant by all that, but I I was a little humored. I was a little humored that that was written twice on their on their main page of their restaurant. Uh, notwithstanding, that was fine. The Wicked Queen was. Was solid. It reminded me of interactions I've had with the Wicked Queen at Disneyland in California, who roams around the park, and you can find YouTube videos of her. In fact, I think I have one of me. I'm gonna have to make a short of that because they can be really fun. And this is actually the only place you can get see the Wicked Queen is at. uh You can't even find her on a. Well, okay, you can find her in Fantasmic on the show. But other than the parade or meet and greet, you can't find her anywhere but here at this restaurant. And it is a highlight of the experience. Um, I did say Snow White could be found at two other character meals. She can also be found in Germany in Epcot, which I never felt, well, it should be the right place. But at any rate, um, because she is, that's where the story kind of stems from. Um, so my apologies for not mentioning that aspect because she, she, you can see her, um, without actually doing a meal. Let me just, let me just talk a little bit more about the aesthetic of the restaurant. I enjoyed it. The branches were kind of weaved into the beams of the restaurant and I thought they did a really good job. When you step in, there are these little twinkle lights in there and but a handful of them literally not more than a dozen per bow and they kind of twinkle in and out that was okay but when they do a little song and dance thing and by the way we were on one end of the restaurant try to get as close in the middle as possible when you're dining uh, because they are intended to move about during the you know they they did the Yodel song from snow white and they got everybody to clap along and it was a lovely piece and those boughs of the tree just come alive with lights, green and red, I show pictures of it. It's so cool. I love that element. So I didn't have a problem with the boughs of the tree. If you're familiar with the restaurant, you will know that th- that there are paintings throughout, um, there are paintings throughout the um, restaurant. There is a large uh, portrait um, it's it's um, kind of almost a mural type thing that was done by Thomas Moran. And what happened is um, Moran and others, and there are and they're also uh, six by six foot murals on the walls that are inspired by the works of Albert Bierstadt. These are artists um, that were back in the late 1800s, between 18... 18- uh, the late 1850s and the, and the end of the century. And they had the opportunity to go out to the Rocky Mountains and paint and do these images and murals. And many of them were brought back to Congress to kind of showcase, they were kind of a PowerPoint of, of its time, brought back to Congress to defend the need for making these places into national parks. Yellowstone, Yosemite, and so forth. And so these images are beautiful pieces of art and they're kind of crowded out by, by everything else in there. I, again, I wasn't bothered by the boughs of trees and so forth. And there's a it's a very craftsman style with the lanterns hanging. All that works really well. If I had any one complaint and... I know it seems nitpicky of me, but in the centerpiece is a place where you go for a photo with the Wicked Queen. So you're given an invitation to come and see her and then you get in line to see her and that's kind of how they, they managed the crowd there. All of that was fine, but they had this backdrop of the magic mirror and some drapes and castle walls and it is done in a sort of spray paint style with kind of blurred edges. They do that so that when you uh, do the picture... It it um it doesn't it doesn't become so detailed that it, it crowds out you and the wicked queen in front of it. And you can see the effect of it. It kind of works as a picture, but it does not work in that restaurant. It really is an ugly piece of art with lights blaring on it, so you can get a good photograph, and it stands out and it's just ugly and and it takes away from amazing pieces of art that sit on these walls. I just, I really had a conflict with how they have managed the setting, um, which is its an original attention, which is the same problem I had with Narcoosie's and how they managed that setting and and how they've gone to sort of almost 70s style um, beach scene. So, any rate, I think you get a good sense of both of these restaurants. They are expensive, high signature restaurants. And um, you have to, you're, you're, you're making an investment to go spend not only the money, but the time to really, you're blocking out your time to go spend it at Narcusis. You are having to go out of your way to go to Wilderness Lodge, to go have this character meal in this location. So, you know, you want to be well-informed when you do it. By the way, on my Facebook page, Disney Insights. Would you go there and share with us what is your favorite character meal? There are lots of them around property, many of them, of course, with Mickey and the gang, but there are others with princesses. This one is very unique a a certain princess and a certain queen and a couple of dwarfs. um, There have been some others around. Share with us what has been your favorite character meal. And um, where, or if you haven't been to one, or is there one you'd like to go to, tell us which a character meal that would be. Share that with us if you would. Be interested to hear um, what your thoughts on, on not only a character meal, but just on these restaurants as we kind of talked about them in this podcast. Well, thank you for joining us for this Disney Insights podcast. We appreciate you being here. Would you please share with others this podcast? And would you also, if you have a chance, make sure, first of all, you subscribed to the podcast and to DisneyInsights.com so you could be notified of other podcasts. But also, if you could go to Spotify or or to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and put in a positive rating, that would be so great for us. And um, also, while you were at Disney Insights, check out our uh, Wayfinder Society. And uh, that's our Patreon group, which kind of helps support this podcast and allows you to experience even more of the Disney magic through interactive tools and experiences there. So check it out. And again, we thank you for being part of joining us uh, for this podcast As always, no matter where you are, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.